Welcome to From Caving In to Crushing It, the podcast for those who find themselves immersed in adversity and choose to write their story instead of having others write it for them. I'm Drew Duraney, and I'm your host. Adam Kemper, so good to see you, my friend. Thanks for having me, Drew. Great to be here. Wow, this is a pleasure. This is a pleasure. So I always love when we have I have discussions before I hit the record button because you know I learn something new about people. Also gives you some ideas on what to ask, and it's it's also funny because you are a veteran when it comes to telling your story, and uh, even to the point where you're telling me where you need to sit. Now I know right now. I'm I'm just releasing the audio version. At some point, we'll release the video version. So make sure your head stays blocking that light, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's all strategy. <laughs> uh, so Adam, you know, so in life, we know that life is not linear. As much as we would like it to be easy and just go in that straight path where we want to go, we know it's not. And we all encounter things in our life that are going to challenge us, that are going to test us. And we have a decision in life, a choice. Do we lay down? Or do we fight through it? And I know you're a fighter. So I would really like to know myself and and share with the audience what makes you tick? What part of your life did you wake up and say there's a better way to live? So go reach as far back as you feel and just tell us what got you here and how you did it. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for giving me the opportunity to share this. Uh, yeah, absolutely, sure. we're gonna we're gonna go way back to start with because I I grew up with, I think a fairly common model for a lot of people my age. I'm 45. I'm a Gen Xer, so um my my dad worked for the same company for his entire career, and he actually worked for the same company his father worked for for his entire career. Wow! And there was a loyalty that I grew up expecting and looking for. Mm-hmm. And I went to start my career with this idea of you go to a, a company and you you start at the bottom and you do your loyalty thing and you just work hard and you work your way up through the corporate ladder of America. Mm-hmm. And you know it was the it was the old model. It was the 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 nineteen fifties through seventies model that I grew up thinking still existed, and that was a very straight line. That was the kind of employment. I mean, I wasn't necessarily going to work where my dad was, but at the same time, I looked at a job as this is where I'm going to be. Right. And so I started my career after a couple little experiences for some learning, uh, working for a Wall Street investment firm here in Colorado as a back office. You know, you start out on the customer service line, frontline infantry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and you work your way into back office positions doing, you know, analyst, trader, you know, all, all kinds of different financial calculations that go on behind the scenes at an investment company. Right. And you think it's it's a Wall Street company. This is going to be a place I can spend my career. Um, fast forward to uh, 2007 through 2009, as you can imagine, oh, Wall yes. Street was the, not a happy place frame. to be. Not at all. <laughs> um, well, I I have a a, a daughter mm-hmm. who now is 19, but at the time she was born in 2004, so she was, you know, three, four, five years old at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife was pregnant with our second child, mm-hmm. and when he was born, he had a lot of medical trouble. And again, in that old school model, I thought I've got this Wall Street health insurance and they're going to see me through and they're going to stand by me. And they did. Mm-hmm. 
And then at 13 months, my son was diagnosed with a blood cancer. Oh my goodness. And we started a journey through what was hell. Mm -hmm. um, and within three months of his diagnosis, my, my wife and I found out she was pregnant. My 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 benefits have never been more important to me than I was in that moment. Mm -hmm. And again, this is that straight line thinking. I've done my job. I've I've played my role. I've been the good soldier. Yep. And because there was a layoff, and I hadn't filed the paperwork for FMLA, and there's some gray area in how that went down. We don't need to get into that. Uh, I I have an idea. Okay. But my my employer did not was not unaware of my situation. They were very aware of my situation, mm -hmm. which made them extra sorry when they laid me and 299 other workers off that day. Oh my God. And with 300 of us walking out onto the street, I realized my son doesn't have a chemo treatment covered by insurance right now. My wife doesn't have a prenatal appointment covered by insurance right now. What the hell am I going to do? And it was, you know, I, I, you know, there's the metaphor of you're you're on the plane, and I knew on Wall Street mm -hmm. that it was it was a bad place to be. Right. I was doing bad things, and I did not enjoy it anymore. Yep. But you suck it up, you know. It's that men are tough, and we That's tough scary. it through tough yep. stuff. And it's it again, it's that straight line that you talked about. Mm -hmm. The corporate grind is, but the golden ring at the end exists and you just work through it yeah so i had already started this feeling of i'm not in the right place doing the right thing helping anybody mm -hmm. and god shoved me to the door of the plane and kicked me out yep. and i went to work one day and found out i didn't have a job or benefits mm -hmm. um god God bless my wife's job and the fact that we were able to transfer our benefits over immediately, which saved us a lot of trouble because oh, she yes. had the same insurance company. Mm -hmm. So we kept all the same doctors and God was able to keep us in the right place for my son's treatment. Right. Um, but at that point, I went and did the same dumb thing over again. Now, I didn't learn a darn thing. So mm -hmm. I found another investment company here in Colorado. I found another back office position. It was a lot longer of a drive, but it was doing the same thing for the same kind of people for the same kind of money. Well, you were brainwashed. Somebody gave you a belief system that you needed to follow, Adam. Come on. Amen to that. Come so at, at that point, I went to work for another investment company mm -hmm. and we worked through my son's treatment mm -hmm. and we, we got to the other side of that stuff and while that was going on, I lost a best friend to suicide. Uh, my goddaughter was actually my my son and my goddaughter were chemo buddies. Mm. Um, they were actually um, my, my goddaughter is six months older than my oldest daughter. Okay. So she's three and a half, four years older than my son. Mm -hmm. But they were going through chemotherapy for blood cancer at the same time, different versions, same oncologist, all of this. Right. So it was just head down, can't think about it gotta do gotta do gotta do mm -hmm. and all of these boxes that you check of i got a good job i get a good paycheck i have the the things i need to do yes. are done right meanwhile i'm miserable as hell yeah. and just trying to get through life yep. um and then i went into work on a tuesday at this other company and i got called into a conference room and i knew 
that God was shoving me to the door of the plane again when they started the conversation with how much they loved me. Ah, yeah. <laughs> the executioner love. is always sweet. Oh, that love. <laughs> yes, I'm familiar at, with that love. Okay. At, at which point I was told that uh, I was I was given an option of either relocating my family to St. Louis, Missouri, or taking the check that was sitting in the envelope on the table. Well, there was zero chance we were moving. I'm a Colorado native born and bred, and I love right. this place. Yeah. And I'm sitting there at this table thinking, I have no idea what to do. And I took the check because I knew that was the right thing to do. Right, right. And I got in my car and I started driving down the Boulder Turnpike from where I worked to, to my home in Aurora. Right. My wife was at work and I couldn't I couldn't talk to her because she's a teacher. And when you're a teacher, you got kids in the room. Yeah, you can't you're just on. not always available. And it wasn't right. a matter of, you know, her her willingness to support me. It was her availability during the workday. So I called my mom and dad and I have a really great relationship with them. Yeah. And I remember just bawling my eyes out while I was driving down the highway because everything about my identity was in that moment gone. We tied men tend to tie our identity to our profession. And when it's taken from you, yeah, I hear you. And I knew I didn't want to do it anymore either. Yeah. So my identity was this unskilled untrained blob of uselessness Mm -hmm. that's driving down the highway saying the only thing i've ever done that i know i can do i don't want to do so who the hell am i and what the hell am i absolutely and and just shook Mm -hmm. and i decided at that point that i was too shook to do anything that would be productive so I went home and I immediately sat down with my finances and I said, okay, based on unemployment being two thirds of your previous months or a couple months paychecks, yeah. I should expect about this. And what if I took my kids out of paid daycare? Yeah. What if I did this and did that and started doing these, these, these calculations that left me with, I'm going to stay home and be nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be a dad because that is the only thing I know I am. Yep. Wow. And I just want to do that. I want to hide from the world and I want to play with my kids. Yeah. I, <laughs> I hear you, man. Wow. And in that window, I, I, I didn't use that time to figure out who I was. I used that time to disconnect from everything that was related to that. Wow. Which and was a lot, I'm sure at that time. Oh God, yeah. I I I stopped talking to friends because when yeah. you worked somewhere for, you know, I worked at Oppenheimer for just under a decade. Yeah. So your friends are your work friends. Yeah. My my best man in my wedding, I got we got jobs there together. Wow. So when I left that job, I left my best friend sitting at a desk in the office and I got walked out like I was going to steal shit. Yeah. And they treat you well. Right. Right. And it was like humiliating. And at the same time, I'm, I'm leaving literally the guy I've known since I was 16. Yeah. And that was the start of what came as a, a a long, slow death of that friendship to the point where I haven't spoken to him in years. If I saw him on the street, I'd hug him warmly. Yeah, uh, I don't know if he'd love me hugging him back just because we've we've drifted. Wow, unbelievable! Yeah, that 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 tie to our profession, man. 
And it, and it really, and so I spent seven months sitting at home playing with my kids, helping my son recover from his treatment, getting to spend time with my goddaughters. Yeah. Um, and, and then about, I don't know, six months of the seven months, maybe a little sooner, maybe five months. Timing is not important. I, I started going to job fairs. Okay. And it was gutting. Going right back to what you knew. Well, you had well, it wasn't even that. I knew I wouldn't go back to that. So I, I take this this folio that I have, this, yeah. you know, yeah. book with a notebook in it. Right, right. And and in fact, under my desk here, I still have the exact one because I can't get rid of it. Yeah. I'm an emotional dude and experience yeah. is tied to things. Yes, they do. Yeah. So I, I went to these job fairs and I'd stand, I'd find an empty booth that some company decided they didn't need to, to fill. Yeah. And I'd tuck in behind it and I'd sit down with my notebook and I'd write down. I saw this company. What do I think? I saw this company. What do I think? And I never approached the tables. This was me from 10 feet away, listening to them to talk to other people, seeing how their branding spoke, all of this other arm's length stuff. I was, I, I, I kind of, you know, the Heisman trophy, the, yes. uh It was like, it was like going to job fairs with the Heisman trophy pose. My heart was tucked and my arm was out. Yes. And and nothing spoke to me. I don't care what it was. Yeah. And we were at a time. I mean, this was 2009, 2010 at this point. Mm-hmm. And unemployment was still coming out of the Great Recession saying, you know what? There's no there's no limit. There's an extension on an yes. extension on yes. an extension. Yeah. So my <laughs> right, my drive also wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So I was I really was in this place of I don't know who I am. I don't know what I do. Right. I don't feel value. I don't feel good about myself in any way. And how am I going to approach a company and sell them on me? Right. When I'm gross, I, I know I'm gross. And how do I tell you I'm not gross when I yeah. think I'm gross? Exactly. I hear you. Yep. And and it was probably four or five job fairs in to doing the same thing mm. every time. And most of them I'd leave without ever talking to anybody. Yep. And the only information I grabbed was the stuff needed to fill out my unemployment verification documents to prove that I did something. That you, uh, yep, you tried. Yeah. And and I was I was going through motions just dead inside. Yeah. And I I went to a job fair and I did my normal thing and this guy leaned over the barrier. He said, "What are you doing?" And I said, "I'm um considering what companies here interest me." load of crap right I'm, I'm wasting time to try to hide from the world right and he says did i catch your attention ah honestly no i don't know what you do even i didn't i, I didn't didn't see you and he says well i do payroll services mm-hmm. and my immediate reaction was what the hell is that no thank yeah. you <laughs> yeah. and he started just talking to me he's a christian man he's a good mm-hmm. man yep I'm still friends with him. His name's Andy. That's awesome. And Andy and I started having this conversation that ended with him saying, why don't you just come in and meet with me at my office? We won't call it an interview. We'll just call it a meeting. I want to, I want to keep this going, but I got to keep doing my thing here at the table. Yeah. Okay. He could clearly tell I was not, if he had said, come in an interview, I'd have been like, screw you, man. Right. So he says, come on and just meet with me. So we have this meeting that 
he ends up taking me to lunch and we probably spent two hours just talking about who I was mm-hmm. as a father and what my son had gone through. He's a dad. He has kids just a little younger than mine. And one of his kids has some challenges too. And so it was just this, this God moment of this is the person you need to talk to right now with where your head and your yes, heart is. Absolutely. And it ended with, okay, you, you got to let me give you an interview now. You got to come in and do an interview. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll do it. This guy's nice. Yeah. And so I went in for the interview and you know, I come from Wall Street operations. I was a back mm, office guy. I yeah. typed at a desk. Yeah. And we were probably 20 minutes into the interview when I stopped him cold. And I'm like, what are you interviewing me for? What is this? It sounds like sales. And he said, yeah, it is. You're a salesman. Nope. Nope. We're done. I want to leave. I want to go. I don't do sales. Sales is gross. Uh, in fact, I looked at him and 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 uh, I said, you know, the movie Groundhog's Day. Uh huh. Yep, there you go. Needle nose Ned Ryerson. Yeah. I said, that's a sales guy to me. And I wouldn't want to be him ever. Mm. And he said to me, then don't be, be yourself. You are a salesperson naturally. I said, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Again, I was that corporate brainwashed. This is my box. I put information into systems to create output. That was what I was taught to do. And so he says, give me a leap of faith. Give me six months. If you don't like it, I'll train you to be an operations guy. I'll bring you back in. We'll start you over. But if it's six months, you're in a good place. It's because you figured out you're a sales guy. Okay. And he handed me uh, two books. uh, And one of them is over here on my shelf, and I'm looking for it right now. Uh, It's right here. I keep it on the top. It's called... The Referral of a Lifetime by Tim Templeton. Okay, I see it. And and the other one was a payroll. Like, this is how payroll is processed, IPPA. This is our book. Yeah. It's like, this is what you need to know to sell. This is the the product. Mm -hmm. And this book is about a guy. it's, it's, It's a narrative book about a guy who goes into a coffee shop. And the coffee shop owner says, you need to talk to this friend of mine. He's going to help you. And this friend of his introduces him to four different professionals that are four different archetypes. Okay. And he teaches him how to interact with them on an interpersonal level and like Ooh. see them for who they are, okay. not change who he is, but to, to mesh that who he is with who they are yes. in a way where it becomes a trustful relationship. I love that. Wow. And it was like, holy crap, this is, this is what I'd want if I was being sold. I'd want somebody who doesn't try to be me, but sees me yeah. and serves as a, as a outcome, but at yeah. the same time cares about the human. Yes. I was like, wow, I, I, I didn't know any of this. And it has been the revolu- revelation of a lifetime for wow. me because I was always the guy who loved to have deep conversations with people at parties right it wasn't like weirdly deep it was just oh that's cool you're into that music why yeah where did you get into that that is so cool and i I love geeking out on what other people love and i have this really diverse nerdiness Mm -hmm. that i just kept in my private life i never knew there was a way to be nerdy about stuff and turn it into something that you got to do for a living. 
I love that. So, so now I sit down with people and I nerd out on who they are and I nerd out on what they love because I guarantee you, if you like five things, there's probably one or two of them that my eclectic weirdness has lapsed into at some point in my life. Absolutely. And, and, and I'm more interested in talking about that than I am about telling you about my print and mail, direct mail services that I do. I, I, that's That's the outcome of understanding you and in understanding you if my services help you get where you want to go as a human you know your job is part of your life and i've learned that if i serve people in this i get to do something more and there was there was an absolute pinnacle of it all so my son when he was ill how's he doing by the way amazing he is uh he is struggling with chemistry as any sophomore junior in high school does and i'm glad for it yes absolutely absolutely but the the key moment there there was an absolute lightning shock and it took me a while to understand it yeah so my son is 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 ill after his birth this was when i was still employed by that company right 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 there there was this treatment called ECMO. It's where they go in through your carotid artery and they put a, a shunt in. Yeah. And they hook it to a centrifuge and then they turn your heart off. They actually shock it oh, so that it it stops beating. Mm. And it's because at birth, his heart had an infection. And so this machine circulates the blood through the oh, circulatory system the blood, so yeah. that the heart muscle can rest for up to four days. Oh, boy. And there's this guy, these two guys who, in our case, who who came and traveled with the machine. Yeah. And they travel all over the country. And we were sitting with them. What they do is they have a kitchen timer and they set it for 15 minutes. And every 15 minutes, they take a flashlight and they go down every inch of the tube to make sure they don't see any clots forming. Because if the wow. clot were to form, the baby would die. And so every 15 minutes, 24 hours a day, for as long as the kids connected up to four days, these two guys take shifts. God bless them. And, and you, you're as a parent, you're sitting with them Mm. and you're talking with these guys and saying, why do you do this? And Mm. where are you from? And just tell me about your life. It gets me not thinking about my kid. Right. And so they were sharing these details about, you know, this one guy. I'm doing this for a certain number of years so that I can build up enough experience that I can get a different job in the industry right? that I can then be local with at my own home. Mm. But then I'll have enough income built up that I can marry my girlfriend and we can start a beautiful life. So while I don't get to see her a lot right now for this five-year window, I'm doing this to give my wife a beautiful future. Wow. And she, and, and it's just, you, you hear this and you're like, you serve others. Yeah. You save lives. You have meaning. Yep. You are happy with what you do. Yes. I have none of that. And then I went back to my job. And it wasn't until yeah. I started looking at what I wanted to do that you can be happy. You can make people's lives better. You can yep. serve with joy. You can do all these things. And I watched these guys who, yeah, there were sacrifices. Mm. But they weren't sacrifices that weren't for a purpose that made a better life for them, that they could see how they were serving others in. Mm -hmm. And I didn't help anybody. I was shuffling papers for a company that was screwing people over on the regular because that's what Wall Street does to a lot of folks. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so in that moment, I became aware and, and, and in meeting Andy and working through that, I became aware that 
there was that moment of an example that was given to me that I missed the first time. Yeah, exactly. You weren't ready for it. Now, now you are ready for it. You embraced it and it's helped you where you are now, which I want to hear about. Uh, I want to hear about the print business and what you're doing and, and how all the lessons you learned shapes the kind of uh, person you are doing what you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. I work with the company. I'm the client acquisition manager for Plum Marketing. Mm-hmm. And we are a marketing agency that specializes in print and direct mail marketing. And the reason we say it that way is it speaks again to this journey. Mm-hmm. I could throw something in the mail for somebody and just shoot it out. But if it says something that's not effective, if it looks bad, if it's something that my experience tells me will hinder their success and their success is I mean, a lot of these, these are solopreneur family owned. I mean, Denver is full of those people who are real people who are trying to succeed in business. And if nobody tells them, Hey, this thing you're doing, if you change it just this little bit, you'll actually get better results and you'll see more prosperity in your life Mm. from those better results. Right. But so many places just, okay, I'll take that order. I'll print that thing. I'll mail that thing. But I pride myself and we pride ourselves here at Plum in looking at somebody and saying, I love what you're trying to do, Mm -hmm. but there's a way to adjust it to better speak to the people you're wanting to serve, which will create a better result, which will bring prosperity to your world. I love it. I love it, Adam. And you know, that's a great example of how the journey you've taken in life connected you to the work you do and and that myth that we learned growing up separating work from personal life is bull that is a myth because what first why would you want to separate it because you can bring strengths from your personal life into your work life so and we only we're only around 24 hours a day we're sleeping for really supposed to be eight of it <laughs> how do you right. separate those other 16 hours Good for you, man. What a perfect example of that. Um, you know, I could talk to you for forever. Um, I want to get to the last couple questions that I have for you, and then we'll roll into how people get in touch with you. So I want you to th- think about this. because You don't often get a chance to think about this. You have an opportunity to speak to your younger self. So Adam, you are sitting down with seven to 10-year-old Adam and you want to give him advice about life, what are you going to tell him? There's a phrase I've learned from some men I I meet with regularly, and that is that uh, don't should all over yourself. Mm. And I, as a young man, had a lot of shoulds. Mm-hmm. I should have this kind of job. I should follow this kind of path. I should hit these landmarks of life like it was some trail that everybody was on and i should be where other people are Mm -hmm. and that that should is all just societal bs telling you these things that leave you feel like you're not who and where and what you should be and as long as you are genuine to who you are and are happy Mm -hmm that's where you should be mm-hmm. but you don't hear a lot of those traditional should things of you should be happy yeah, you should yeah. enjoy your life it's right. you should do this do this do this so i tell mm-hmm. my younger self don't listen to all those things you should do mm-hmm. you should find happiness and beyond that 
there's not a lot you should have to do in life. I love that. Um, the Christian singer Matthew West in one of his songs says that uh, comparison is the thief of joy. Amen. And, uh, and I, I tweak it a little and say comparison is the thief of truth. Mm. Somebody else's livelihood is not your truth. You know your truth. And and so that's great advice you'd give to your younger self. All right. So take all, put, I'm going to put on a different hat now. Now you're sitting with young Adam, the young businessman, young entrepreneur. And you're going to give some business advice this time. What are you going to tell him? I'm going to tell him the same thing I heard a couple of times early that benefited me, but a little too late. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the old adage. God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason and never forget it. <laughs> As you can clearly tell, I like to talk and I have mm -hmm. to remember when to stop. Mm -hmm. And I've learned it, but boy. I met a I met a Ukrainian woman as a prospect one time as a referral. Yeah. And that was the le big learning moment because she reached back out to the referral source and told him, don't ever introduce me to anybody who talks as much as Adam. And I was like, ouch. So I've learned to read others as well with that and learn to know when to shut up. I love that. <laughs> That's that's classic. Hey, you got that's you got to send a thank you note to that woman, <laughs> man. Uh, all right. So the audience has certainly, as have I, uh, captured the essence of Adam Kemper. People are going to want to get in touch with you for a variety of reasons. Why don't you give them the information to do so? Absolutely. The easiest way is just reach out to me on my cell, 720-670-6500. Super easy number to know. Also, Adam at plummarketing.com and that's plum with a b uh, and uh i i'm here in denver colorado and i love sitting down for coffee with folks so if you're here locally hit me up and uh, i'll buy you a cup of coffee and get to know you better beautiful love it love it love it adam thank you for being in my life i'm grateful that we're friends and um you're an awesome guy and please keep being who you are and keep doing what you're doing um, it's been a pleasure, my friend. It is great to know you. I am I am always moved by the thoughts you share, and I really appreciate being in your world and being your friend as well, Drew. Uh, thanks, my friend. It's my pleasure. Take care, everybody. Be well. Be safe. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and give us a review to help others find it. If you find yourself immersed in adversity and would like to find support from other men in times of struggle, please become a member of my Men Supporting Men Collaboration Tribe by emailing me at drew at profitcompassion.com, expressing your interest, and I'll get in touch with you. Speak to you soon.